What is up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to Just Talking with Steph Iliff. I am so excited for this podcast and to be bringing it to you every single week to be just talking about all the things that life has to offer us, right? I'm hoping that I can bring you some insights, some laughter, some amazing interviews with some awesome powerhouses who have let go of fear, who have totally stepped into themselves, who are living their best life so you can learn from them. I want to be talking to you every single week as well about different things that are going on in my life as a self-love coach, as a mom, as a woman, as someone who is dating and like the whole dating scene and how it's so important that we date with self-love so we don't ruin our own self-love, how to create, you know, amazing habits that truly stick with you for a lifetime so you become your best self, so you can become your inner powerhouse and how to just let go of fear and fully step into you. So every week I'm going to be bringing you different topics that align with that, different interviews with different amazing people. And we're just going to be talking about it and having the best time. So thank you so much for joining in to Just Talking with Steph Island. What is up, everybody? It's Steph Island. Thank you so much for tuning in to Just Talking tonight. Tonight, we're going to be just talking about my food addiction and um, how my process has been with that and what I've had to do through that. So hopefully that's what you're tuning in for. If not, you can still stay tuned in because it's going to be a time of your life. Let's be real. But um, so before I get started, I just want to thank everybody who has been on my journey for the last while, who has truly just helped me throughout my process of doing my very first NPC bikini competition. Like legit, it was so amazing, the best experience of all time. I had so much fun. I seriously just loved it. And um, I'm gonna do another one, because now like, now I know what it feels like. I just gotta keep doing it, right? But it was just an amazing experience and like the love and the support that I had from everybody and just who has helped me through it day in and day out and push me. You all are so amazing. I owe it to you. Like, bless you, bless you, bless you. You have no idea just how amazing you all are. So bless you. But tonight we're going to talk about food, all the food. Yes. Like food is life, right? So here's the thing, right? Food is everywhere. Like it's legit everywhere. It consumes us. It controls us. It is around us. We legit plan everything around food. So think about that for a second. Every time you're doing a get together, it revolves around food. Like you're hanging out with your friends. They're like, oh yeah, well, let's go do this. We could go do this food thing. We could go to this restaurant. We can go here. Everything surround is surrounded by food. You do a family get together. What is it? It's a barbecue or it's dinner or we're having dessert or you're having coffee or you're making a treat or something. Everything is surrounded by food. You go camping and then people are worried about food and what they're going to bring. Then you have people who are on special different diets or people who have food allergies or who only eat a certain way. And so there's just all these things that are always constantly surrounded by food. And then food is everywhere, right? So food is is an, is an addiction. It is a drug. It's something that people can abuse and use. And it's something that I abuse and use as a drug. And it's hard because it's everywhere. It's at the gas station. Food is legal. Um, and food is legit addicting. Sugar is so, so addicting. And I'm not going to get into it tonight about what sugar really does to you, but I will do an episode soon on like legit the research and like I'll give you all the things to back up about sugar and why you should do a detox of sugar at some point in your life and how you should just kind of detox from all these different things. But um, 
food is everywhere, right? Food controls us, food is around us. So food is so hard to give up. And what I'm not saying that you're not, that you're going to stop eating, but to give up convenient food, can give up fast food, can give up things that are super quick and easy, things that aren't healthy for you, things that make you feel like crap. Um, just like stuff like that, right? How hard it is because it can make you feel really good in the moment, but it doesn't make you feel good long-term. So Food was like that for me. Food was something that I used and I abused like nobody's business. So I would go, I don't know, it's like, let's back up to when I was like 14, you know, and you have like your first breakup and you're just like devastated and you watch on TV that you eat a giant tub of ice cream if you feel sad. So that's what I thought I was supposed to do. And so I eat a giant tub of ice cream and cookies and like all these things. And it made me feel better randomly. It made me feel really good for a minute. Like the sugar rush made me feel really good. And then I didn't feel so sad about what was going on and like all these different things. And I could change what I was thinking about. And I was just like in control of all this food and I was just consuming it. And then you feel like so beyond sick and then you're mad at yourself that you just ate maybe three gallons of ice cream. I mean, I don't know, whatever it is, what it is at this point. And you ate like 27 brownies and cookies, like sugar sweets, man, like that was my jam. And so then you get mad at yourself that you did that, right? So then you go into the shame cycle where you start to talk super bad to yourself because you're like, oh my gosh, how could you be such a fatty? How could you be eating all these things? How could you have eaten all that? How could you make yourself look like that? And then you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, throw Shamu back in the ocean. I always just picture that because of Mean Girls and that, that like scene, or not Mean Girls, White Chicks is legit like the best scene of all time because she's just like this cute skinny little thing and she literally can't even grab a fat roll and she's like throw Shamu back in the ocean and it just it gets me every time I'm like soul sister if you only knew anyways but um so yeah so okay like since I was 14 struggled with food guys right and and honestly since I was like I don't know maybe I would say nine, honestly, 10, I used to think that I was fat, like when I was like nine or 10 years old. And so in my head, I just thought I've always been like this super fat kid. And when I go back and look at pictures of myself when I was nine, I was not a fat kid. I was like this super cute kid. Like, God, wish I would have known that when I was nine. But like, I, I actually kind of look like Dapanga off Boy Meets World when I was a little kid. Just wanted to throw that out there. And she's kind of a babe, so I'm cool with it. But when I was nine years old, I legit thought I was just like some fat kid. I don't even know. And it wasn't anything from my, my parents or anything. It was just in my own head from like social media, which was not a thing at the time, but it was like TV. And like um, all my friends were like super, super, super skinny. And I saw that I wasn't like skinny, but I just wasn't like 27 pounds skinny. And so... I always just thought I was fat. I don't know. So that was something that was always in my head. So that also kind of triggered out these, but this belief systems of food and all that kind of stuff. Right. Anyways, let me back, let me forward, go back forward to being 14. And that was like the first time I really remember really fully binging and not sure how to react to it. Cause then I got so mad at myself that I did it. I felt so sick. I felt so mad that I did it, that I told myself, you don't deserve to eat now to pay for what you did, trying to like re retroact like all the calories I just ate. And so I told myself I couldn't eat for two days to make up for it. 
And so then I didn't eat, making myself more hungry. So all I did was think about food. That's all I wanted was food. That's all I sat and watched people do is eat food. So it made me want food 10 times more. So when I actually let myself eat in two days, I just binged all day long and ate everything. And it was terrible. And I felt like crap. And that started the behavior system. And that started my self-shame where I would just binge, 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 or I would try to go all day long without eating and only eat one meal, but that one meal would be gigantic. I would go for, you know, different time, types of things, right? I would like try to make myself diet for weeks at a time, and then I would just be a hot mess for like, I was, so I would diet, right? My diet would be like, okay, you can only, <laughs> I bet you can only have chicken and cottage cheese. That's all you're allowed to eat for three weeks. 21 days in my, in my head, it was always three weeks, 21 days, 21 days. You can do anything for 21 days. And so I would tell myself I had to do this stuff for 21 days. Right. And it would, it would be things that aren't realistic. Like you can only eat cottage cheese and chicken. Sorry, no one's going to do that because that's not realistic and that's not long-term lasting. And so then after three weeks, right, obviously I didn't have a plan after that or anything besides that. So I would just focus on 21 days. And then I would eat like crap after that. I would go and eat pizza and hamburgers and hot dogs and cookies and ice cream. And I would go hard for like five days. And then I'd be so mad at myself that I went crazy bananas for a week or however long it was. And I gained all the weight back that I lost in three weeks that I would just then be on a total like down rage binger for like three weeks after that. And it was, so it would take me like, months to pick up what I, the momentum I had gained and like all this is just like this never ending cycle. And if you can understand this, like holla at your girl, right? But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, this was something that I carried through for years, for years. I would start a diet. I would try it for a couple weeks. You know, then we'd go to a baby shower or a birthday party or a barbecue or a friend's dinner or something. And that would be my excuse. I'd be like, oh, well, you know, it's their birthday party or with this dinner thing. Like I'm going to have to, I have to try this, this cake they made. I have to eat this, this fettuccine that my mom made with love for me. Like all these things I would make excuses for. But at the end of the day, someone's always going to make you something. There's always going to be a party. There's always never, there's always going to be some sort of an event. There's always going to be someone's baby shower. There's always going to be something. You just have to decide that you're the change because everything else is not going to change for you. The world is still going to keep going. They're still going to make new brownies, new different kinds of cookies to try. A new restaurant's going to pop up. Something new is going to come out. There's still going to be carnivals. Your kids are still going to need to eat ice cream and they're still going to have to have barbecues and pizza and popcorn movie nights. But you have to decide that you are sick of feeling the way you feel and that you are more important and that you are going to keep a damn commitment to yourself no matter what. And you're going to stop with the excuses because for the love of God, you have got to see what you are made of. You have got to see what you can do. You've got to see what happens past that three-week mark, past that six-week mark, past that nine-week mark, 12 weeks, 15 weeks, 18 weeks, 21 weeks. What if you made it 52 weeks? What if you made it a year? What if you made it for two years? What if you just made it your life?
And so that became the questions I started to ask myself instead of, if you could just make it 21 days, it was, okay, this is the movie you've seen play out time and time again, Stephanie. You've watched yourself stick, try to hire a trainer. I Guys, I had hired, oh man, I had so many different trainers to try to teach me how to eat different, to try to teach me how to work out, to try to teach me how to use some magic pill, right? And I never was fully committed. They were fully committed to my success, but I was always like 60% in because the second I would say, yeah, or I signed that paper, or I joined that gym, or I'd start this diet plan, or I'd buy, you know, this new protein and like this whole package. I spent so much stupid money on all that kind of crap. Um, like, I mean, it would be like an infomercial and I'd be like, oh yeah, totes, let's, let's, I'm going to get online right now. I'm going to order it and I'm going to lose 27 pounds in the next 27 minutes. What? Girl, stop. Like, okay. Like they told, I got sold on every one of those infomercials. I bought all that crap. Like a shake weight. I'm like, oh hell yeah. I'll use the shake weight at work. I'm going to lose 27 pounds. Boom. Get it. And I would always try to get so many people like on the bandwagon of whatever I was doing. I'm like, guys, so this new thing, I'm just going to juice. I'm not going to eat. I'm literally just going to juice for a solid. <laughs> it was always 21 days. I'm like, I'm going to juice for like three weeks. And like, you guys are going to be so impressed with the results. And so then you guys are all going to juice. And I would, I would always get everybody in on my shenanigans. And I don't even know. So the juicing thing is, is a funny one. If you guys were around during my juicing era, I still believe in juicing wholeheartedly. It is still something very good for you. But I got like super obsessive about that. And I tried making everybody become a juicer. And that was from like this documentary, but it did help me out a ton. Um, that was just a really funny one. But yeah, so I went through so many different phases of trying to get healthy and like just trying so hard. And I would like A for effort on my part, but I would always fail at like the middle part, three weeks into it, two weeks into it, that barbecue, whatever it was. And so I really knew what that failure felt like. And I knew what that shame felt like and that cycle of failure, because I would sit in that cycle for three weeks at a time or four weeks at a time, sometimes two months, three months uh, to try to pull myself out of it. And then it would be 10 times harder. Right. And that was the thing is I had seen this movie play out so many damn times that I was so sick of it. I was like, okay, when does this ending change? And then I realized, oh, the ending changes only if I change. Only if I throw in the plot twist. Only if the main character decides, oh, nope, I'm gonna ad lib right here and this is what we're about to do. And so that's what I did with my life is instead of going down that same path I had continued and had never worked out for me yet, um, I was going to flip the script. I was going to write my own movie ending. I was going to put in a whole new movie, plot twist, boom, I'm directing it now. I'm taking control of my life. I'm going to do me and I am going to just push through it on that day that it's the hard day on the day that I normally would want to quit because, oh, I'm just too tired. I, it's too, I'm too hungry. Oh, I didn't meal prep. Oh, I'm too lazy. Oh, you know what? Our work's taking us out to lunch today. Oh, this, this, these people are taking us out to lunch today. Or, you know, there was, there was something, no matter what, there was always going to be something. And if I didn't learn how to outwit that, that excuse in my head or how to out control that, that, that meant to me that every little outside circumstance controlled me more than I could control myself. 
that someone offering me a free coffee was more important for me to take that and drink it and sabotage my diet, sabotage my promise to myself than for me to say, oh, hey, no, you know what? Sorry. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. But that's not something that that's part of my meal plan or that's not something that I can do right now. I really appreciate it. And so it had to be where I had to make the commitment to myself that no matter what, it was a hard no. Like this had to become me. This was my lifestyle. This is something that was important enough to me. This is something that in order for me to do this, I had to level up. It was where I had to keep the promise to myself no matter what. And I had to tell people that too. That meant I also had to learn how to speak my truth. That meant that I had to learn how to be okay with that. That I had to learn how to change up my priorities because that meant that I had to make sure all my meals were prepared all the time. That meant that I had to make sure I was thinking about where I was going. That meant that I had to be super proactive versus reactive. That I had to think, oh, if you're going to that party, you better make sure you have all your food there so you don't eat that. You better make sure you have all your water, whatever it is, right? So to do a show, you're eating all the time. You're doing all this stuff. You have to be so prepared. You have to have thought about everything. You have to have all your meals. You have to know where you're going to be, what you're going to be doing, if you're going to be able to get your workout in, all this stuff. So, you know, last year I really worked on changing how I thought about food and just started eating healthier and stopped making as many excuses for myself and just really started to learn why I would cheat. So that was the first step is to understand the thoughts and so that way I could rewire those thoughts, right? So what would make me want to cheat on my diet and, or just to cheat in general or to eat something that didn't make me feel good or to not work out for the day um, or to eat an entire pint of ice cream like that? That's like, I would legit do that. Or to eat 20 donuts, <laughs> like nonstop throughout the day or you know, eat super good during the day and then 10 o'clock at night goes around and then I would eat whatever, the kid's pizza or something, right? You know, I mean, you guys get it. You guys have done this, right? So these are the things that I would do. And so instead, I started to focus on what is really the thought here. Is it because I'm bored? Is it because I'm sad? Is it because I'm mad? Is it because I'm in pain? Am I trying to numb something? Am I frustrated? Am I overwhelmed? What is the emotion? Because emotions create motion, right? And that motion can be a bad motion or a good motion. At the locomotion train station. I don't know. I just came from there. Whatever it is, what it is. But um, so what is the motion and what is the emotion? That's what I started to ask myself was, okay, so right now I'm upset. I want to go eat. How do I can how do I change that? Okay. So instead, what if I learned to deal with this real emotion that I'm upset and instead of numbing it with food, instead of avoiding it with food, see or or trying to escape it with food, which is an addiction behavior, right? So like in the same aspect, that would be the same way that I used to want to drink or that I would go party and use drugs. Um, even like with sex, you can use sex to numb yourself too, right? So it was learning those things that were triggering me. Um, again, addict addiction words here, but it was that were helping me to realize like what would make me break 
and what would make me fail. And so I had to learn how to deal with those emotions. And that was really learning how to rewire my thoughts about that was, okay, instead of sitting here thinking you want to eat, what's the real emotion behind it? Are you really hungry or is it an emotion? What's that emotion and what's causing that, you know? So it's learning how to do that so that I could rewire my thoughts around that. And then it was healing old beliefs, old past beliefs. Because in the past, I had never proven to myself that I could stick to something for longer. Like, I mean, I had felt, I had... I had done really good at different diets for like maybe six months, you know, and I would lose weight and I'd feel really good about myself, but then I'd feel good. And so then I'd go back to eating like crap. So I hadn't really learned how to make it the lifestyle. So I would, I would yo-yo diet. I would go up and down, up and down, up and down, binge and purge, binge and purge, binge and, binge and purge like that. Right. I never, um, threw up, but I would, I would go days without, I would, where I wouldn't let myself eat. So I would punish myself. I would binge and punish myself. And then I'd be mad at myself and then I would just binge more and binge harder. And it was, that was my shame cycle is where I would be so upset that I let myself do something. So I would punish myself. And the whole time I'd be punishing myself, I'd be talking so negatively to myself that it would make me then go eat again. And then I had to go back to the same cycle. And I'd be like, how could you do this? Like, you're so terrible. So, you know, it's this never ending process. And then there'd be times where I could finally get myself out of it and I'd be really good, but it'd only be for short times of success. And then something would, some big emotion would get to me and then it would cause emotion of failure. And so I'd go back to that failure train. But um, learning how to understand what those past beliefs were and the past beliefs were, since I was nine, I thought I was fat. So I, in my head, always thought I was just a fat kid trying to figure it out. I thought, oh, you know what? You're just big boned. So you're just always going to be thick. That's an excuse. Like you can change all that kind of stuff, right? Um, my excuse was, oh, you know what? You've never been athletic, so you don't have to be. You can't be. You actually aren't athletic. All these limiting beliefs about myself that I had told myself, I had let myself believe, had had made it where it was changing what I could do with food and, and everything, right? So it, you don't realize how deep-rooted these problems are until you actually try to sit and heal from it. So for me, like this process of like, learning how to rechange how I eat and the energy behind it was a long, hard internal battle because it was really me healing myself from so much more than just food. It was the thoughts that surrounded the food. It was the beliefs that surrounded the food, the, the beliefs that were that I am fat, that I'm ugly, that I can't do anything, that if you can't even keep to a diet for a week, if you can't tell your, I, and I would have stupid diets that would, that are, aren't real, that are realistic. Like you can only have celery for a week, like things that aren't that you just, that's not, that's not going to happen. And that, that's not going to help you. And so, but what I would set myself up to fail and I'd be so mad at myself. I'm like, see, you can't even keep a commitment. You can't even do all this stuff. Right. So the real battle was that I couldn't even keep a real promise to myself. So learning how to diet and how to learn how to eat right and how to keep a commitment to myself every single day for a year was the biggest win of my life and that's that's the win is that you decide that you love yourself enough that no matter what's going on around you you're not going to break a promise to yourself no matter what and when I decided that it was because I, like I said, I was sick of seeing this movie. I had already seen the end time and time again. I wanted to see a whole new ending. I wanted to see the ending where I finally won. 
where I finally could make it. Like I had watched these other people succeed and I'm like, okay, what is it? How are they succeeding? How are they sticking to something that, to themselves? Like, how are they that willpower, that strong? And so for me, it was researching that and it was like, well, you just got to be headstrong. Like you got to decide that you're worth it enough and that you want it enough and that you're going to have self-control and really real self-love is self-control. It's self-discipline. And it's saying that it's okay to say no and that you love yourself and you honor yourself enough to keep your commitment to yourself. And it was learning that like, I'll keep commitments to other people a thousand percent. If I tell someone I'm going to do something, I do it. If I tell someone like, Hey, yeah, I'll be at, I'll be at your house at six o'clock. I mean, six o'clock roughly is like six ten. I, I kind of run on Stephanie time a little bit, but I will show up. If I tell you I'm going to be, be doing something with you, I'm doing something with you. If I say whatever I say I'm going to do, I'm going to do right. So I, I showed up that way and I've committed myself in different ways. Like it's so hard. I would do something. If I, if I said I was going to do something, I did it right. Like if I had made a goal, I would commit to it but I couldn't do it for myself in that way. Like, I don't know what it was. I just couldn't do it. But if it was for someone else, I could always, I could make it happen. But I hated that I didn't have enough willpower for myself. That I didn't, couldn't keep a promise to myself because that promise affected me in other ways because then I wasn't speaking my truth, right? I wasn't really dealing with my own feelings and my own problems. I wasn't, I wasn't loving me and I didn't love myself enough to say that. And to really step up my game. So for me, it was finding that self-control, that self-discipline and keeping the promise to myself and saying, no matter what, you will do this. And so um, I did that. And so last year, I really started, I started working out like a ton. I made the promise to myself that I was going to work out. So um, in 2018, January 2018, my New Year's goal was that no matter what, the biggest promise I was going to make to myself was I was going to work out five days a week, no matter what. And I did that and I kept it consistent. And that was the first real promise that I kept to myself for an entire year. And so that made me believe in myself to know that it was one step. It was one step that I could make myself work out five days a week, no matter what. And I did it. And, and through that experience, I tried so many different things and I loved it. I went hiking. I went rock climbing. I um, did like all these different random like kickboxing classes. I tried like yoga, hot yoga, different kinds of different yoga classes, Pilates. Um, I'm trying to think of all the things. Zumba, not a fan. Sorry, can't do it. Um, like once I figured out the routine, they were moved on to the next thing. I was like, yo girl, I just figured out how to pop walk and drop it. And we're, we're done. Uh, I couldn't do it. Soul sister. Nope. Not my jam. Um, I tried some other classes, whatever. And what I really wanted to do was to try to, I wanted to get into like lifting and stuff. I did, I did a ton of running because running was something I could just do. It was very therapeutic for me. It was very healing for me. Um, and I got to learn how to run fast and that was my second win is so through running, I was like, okay, now this is a contest with yourself is how fast can you run? My first mile was like a 15 minute mile, which is terrible. So I was like, okay, I got to get down to 12 minutes. So I ran every day until I could get down to 12 minutes. And then I ran every day until I could get to 10 minutes. And then um, a friend of mine was like, I bet you could never run a seven minute mile. I was like, oh, game on, sucker. And don't, don't try to test me, bro. So I ran hard. I ran so hard until I could do a seven-minute mile, and that took everything for me to get to that. 
And that day that I got to a seven minute mile, I high five this random dude next to me off the treadmill. I was like, yes, I finally did it. And he's like, okay. <laughs> like I just, like slap his hot hand with the best high five of my life. Just walk off, walk out of the gym. And I was like, yeah, girl. Yes, queen, you did it. What? And that was the win is that I stayed committed to myself to literally knock my time in half from 15 minutes to seven minutes to more than in half. That was something that I had never done for myself. I had never pushed myself that hard. I had never stuck it out that long, no matter how long it took. It took me like nine and a half months to get to that, to be able to do that. And it was running every day, running hard every day. And it showed me this total new side of myself that if you just take, take one promise, one step at a time, and you just do one thing and you just keep getting better at it and you just keep pushing yourself, you have no idea what you're actually capable of, what you can actually do and who you're actually going to inspire for that process. Like there were so many people who started running with me because they're like, Oh, I wonder how, how fast I can run. Oh, I want to try to run a seven minute mile. And I had people like rooting on for me all the time. Like, Hey, have you got that seven minute mile yet? I'm like, no, not yet. Like I'm pretty close though. Cause every day is where I get like seven minutes and like four seconds. I'm like, Oh, for the love of God, four more seconds. And that four seconds to, it's hard to get. And I'm little, I'm five two. And so like, I, I, I'm legit like, like a smurf on crack, like running on the treadmill. And I like run hard. I don't know how to run soft. So it's like, <laughs> like you just, it's just me. sorry guys, my dog's also here right now. Um, but so yeah, it was just like, that was the step. And then after that, I was like, okay, you, now you got to really push. Like, what else are you capable of? And you got to see how much you can do and how extreme you can be because <laughs> I'm just extreme. And I had really focused on learning the energy and stuff behind food too. And so I really wanted to learn how to test that out. And I'm really thankful for uh, my dear friend, Mikel, who taught me a ton about energy and the food of energy and how to consume that. And so I really read a ton of books about that. And I applied that through this and I used a ton of affirmations like that. I'm in control of my food. I'm in control of what I consume. Those I wrote down every single day. I'm in control of my reactions to my actions every day. I am in control of my emotions and the emotions that flow every day. I wrote that down because those are the things that I can control. I can control how I think, what I feel, what I consume, what I'm giving power to. And also when I consume it, I can control the power that it consumes in me. So if I'm eating something, I can say this is nourishing me. This is fueling me. This is giving me life. And I am so thankful for it. Or I can say, oh man, I hate this. Why do I have to have this? And so I learned how to be grateful for food. I learned how to be so so grateful for the food that I got to eat and to enjoy it and thank it and be thankful that it was giving me nourishment and it was going to help me through my next workout and it was going to give me life and it was going to fuel me just what I needed. And I learned so much about my body and the foods that my body needs and doesn't need and like how my body actually reacts to food, how my body reacts to stress, how my body reacts to what I think about food, how I'm feeling about food for that day. If I um, was too stressed out. like, and I wasn't being in control of that. I would still bloat. So it's crazy how you have to understand like your emotions and what you're controlling and how you're allowing that to control and affect your body. And even when you get to have like, when you have a cheat meal, 
I had to learn how to make sure there's no shame behind that because there'd be days where I'd get a cheat meal and I would eat it in shame. Like I would literally go home and eat it alone and be so afraid to have, have anybody see that I was eating a hamburger and fries or something, even though it was like part of like my plan. And so I realized when I did that, I would actually gain so much weight from that cheat meal because it was what my head my headspace was thinking like, you shouldn't be eating this, this is shameful. And then I was shamefully eating it rather than being like, you deserve to eat this. It's okay to eat this. This is totally okay. You, you can have this and eating it in public, eating it like freely and happily and eating it with love and being like, oh my God, this is delicious. Like just enjoy it right now. And then you just go right back to your next meal. That's all that it is. And when I would do that, the days after my cheat meal, oh my gosh, my whole body would look so insanely different. So awesome. I felt awesome. I felt so good. And the win would be that right after that meal, I went right back to my original meal plan. And that was the win because beforehand for years, if I had one cheat, it wasn't just one cheat. It was the rest of the day. Then there was the whole weekend. Then it was a week. And then I got back to it where this was like, yeah, it was one meal and I go right back to it. Like that is the win, right? And that was like me learning my self-control, my self-discipline, my self-commitment. And it made it that much better because I was like, oh my gosh, like you really are doing this. This is who you are now. This is what it is. Like, and then it was just, that's all that it is. It's day in and day out. You do it over and over and over again. Repetition. It's 10,000 hours creates perfection, right? And so it's like, I just kept doing it until it became, this is just who I am. This is just a part of me. And it literally just helped change me at my core because it taught me that I can do anything I put my mind to that whatever I decide to think about is what I can achieve it whatever I decide to believe is what I can do right and I healed myself in so many different ways by keeping the promise to myself because if I can keep my promise to myself with something like this where I can break the pattern of food and this addiction that I've struggled with for years and the belief that I'm someone who can't stick to a diet that I'm someone who isn't that committed because the second I would always in the past get a diet or sign that contract or buy that new weight loss thing in my head, I was like, well, it's only going to work for so long because I didn't really believe that I deserved to achieve this goal. I didn't really believe that I was worth it. I didn't really believe that I could do it. I didn't, I never actually saw myself actually achieving it. I only saw myself halfway achieving it and then failing because that's all I had ever done. And so that's all that I ever saw. So what I had to start to see was seeing myself fully succeed. And it was through one win after one win, that vision became stronger. That vision became brighter. That vision became more vibrant, more real. I could see it. I could feel it. I could taste it. It was so close to me because with every win, that vision got closer. And that vision was just me believing in me and me saying, you can do anything. You can do anything. You just got to believe it and stick to it. And that was the belief is you can stick to anything for no matter how long it takes. You just got to do it. You just got to get back up. Even if you fall, you get back up. And there was totally days that I failed. Like there was, um, so originally I was actually supposed to do a show in February and I cheated for like three days and it totally jacked me up. And that was the first time I had cheated like that in a really long time. And I had just, I went through something. I let an emotion get, get control over me and it took whirlwind. And I was just, I just went bananas. Like I legit went on a full on binger, like as if you were like on crack again, kind of a thing. Right. And it took me, um, like three weeks to get my head totally back into the game of it. 
and what the damage I had done in like three days, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so not worth that ever. But it was a lesson that I had to have because it made me realize how much I wanted to make sure I always kept a promise to myself because I was, I, and the good thing too, is I didn't go into this like total shame pit forever. I picked myself out. I realized what the emotion was. I healed from that emotion. I realized that that's something that I didn't think about that could trigger it. So I figured out, okay, instead, like, let's just figure out how you can be more proactive and how you can make sure you have people who help support you in those moments and who you have to fall back on. And it's okay for that. You still have to have support systems. And so that was really awesome too. And I, my coach was super awesome throughout that whole process and really helped me out a ton through that to make that amazing. So there's just so much that I had to learn how to really changed my food addiction throughout this whole process. And it was such an amazing healing process through that. And so now I am going to be taking some nutrition classes so that I can really help you guys understand what foods are best for you and like the thoughts really surrounding that and how to rewire those thoughts and like where maybe some of those thoughts actually stem from. Um, like for me, like I said, like, the thoughts of that, oh, I'm fat, I can't do this, or something, this is something that I can't do, I've never kept this commitment, food just tastes too good, sugar's too addicting, like, I mean, and then to go without it and to make yourself realize that you don't really need it is, like, the best thing ever, too, because now nothing can have that control over me, nothing can have that power over me, and I'm in control. I'm in control of my emotions, of how I feel about it, and not not every day, right? I'm not saying that I'm like perfect or anything like that at all. Trust me, y'all. And through that process, oh my gosh, without carbs, y'all, I was crazy. So everybody who helped support me throughout that last part, bless all of you. My brain was out of control. I didn't have, I couldn't make words. I couldn't think straight. <laughs> like you, like you learn how much you do actually have to have carbs. And it, but you just learn like what's good for you too. It's just crazy. So Anyways, to end with that is learn the thoughts that you actually really have around food right now. Like, are they healthy thoughts? Are they bad thoughts? Are they good thoughts? And then how can you change the beliefs that you have about yourself around food and like what you do with food? It's not that, not like, oh, my whole, my whole family's always just been fat. So I'm just going to be fat. No, that's a, that's an excuse. That's a false belief. Change that. Or, oh, well, I know I'm just so addicted to carbs. Like I have to have them. No, that's a, that's a false belief. That's an excuse change that story. What are the stories you're telling yourself? Like, Oh, I can never stick to a diet. Cause yeah, you, maybe you haven't yet. So you got to prove it to yourself. So do it for a week at a time, two weeks at a time, give yourself those wins. So you can start to see it. So you can see that vision of yourself doing it. Tell yourself to stick to something for a year, for six months. Like I did with running. And it was like, it's one thing at a time, right? It's like, okay, work out. Now it's like, okay, take out, take out this, take out this, do this, do this. It's it's not everything all at once. People want to go so extreme all at once, but a baby can't learn how to walk day one. They take step by step. They fall a lot, but they get back up and they have a lot of people help them get back up. They watch a lot of people so they can learn how to walk because just because they watch one person doesn't mean that's the only way to walk. There's tons of different ways. It, it's one foot at a time. It's one step at a time. You just got to take that step no matter how often you fall. And you just got to keep getting back up, right? And then eventually the baby walks. Eventually you'll walk. You just got to decide you can't give up. You just got to decide that you got to keep going. You got to decide that you're sick of seeing this movie play out where you fail time and time again because the failure is just honestly, it's you. 
It's you with your excuses and it's you not wanting to face the mirror, face the hard facts that it's you versus you. And there's always going to be something going on around you. You just got to decide that you're more important and more important by that. I mean that you're strong enough to say no and that it doesn't matter what else says or does, but you're going to have the willpower and the self-control to plan and be proactive because you believe in you that much. You believe in your vision that much. You see it that much. You're going to stick to it that much because that's how important it is to you because this commitment, keeping it to you isn't just this commitment. It's how you do everything else. And that's what it became to me was if I can't keep this commitment to myself, what else, what else am I not doing for myself? That means I'm not, that means I can't keep any other commitment really. That means that I'm not hundred percent committed to anything else. And so I had to prove it to myself that if I can keep this commitment and I can stick to this path and I can heal myself with this and I can let this no longer control me, nothing else can control me and I can do anything else. And I learned the process. The process is you got to change your mind. You change the thoughts. You re rewrite the story. You get self-discipline. You get laser focused and you go and you don't stop. And if you apply those same principles to anything else in your life, you will be successful no matter what. You just got to do it. You keep the promise. You keep the commitment no matter what. And yeah, people will make fun of you. People are going to say you're obsessive. People are going to say you're crazy. People are going to say, oh, you're eating this or whatever. If you're doing a show, people are going to laugh at you for eating cold tilapia or that you're packing around your cooler everywhere or that you have to plan all your workouts or that you actually have to become a hermit because you can't go hang out all the time. But that's okay because you decided what's your priority and you decided what's important to you because you're keeping that promise to yourself no matter what. And that goes applies into anything else, just into a business. You're, you got to keep promises to yourself. And you're going to have to give up some stuff because it's that important. And you're not going to allow that birthday party or that barbecue or this special event that to ruin the race that you're trying to win, whatever that race is. And you're not going to give up because one day, you're running a 15 minute mile and that seems to run seven minute miles seems so far away that you feel like you can never make it. If you think that way, you never will make it. But if you feel like, man, what's it going to feel like the day that I do? And that's how you focus on. That's what you think of no matter how long it takes you to get you there. That, that, that the longer the commitment, the bigger the promises to yourself, the stronger you become. And the more you realize that you can do anything and it doesn't matter how long it takes. And you find this crazy, amazing inner strength you knew you never knew. And this inner power in you that you knew you never had. And it, it's insane what it does for you. And it makes you realize that you've had it all along. You just didn't believe. So everything that you say you want to be, you already are. You just have to believe. I need you to know that. Anything you want to do, you can do. You just have to believe it. It's all within you. you. You have it right now. Just release it. Let it go. Make it happen. Believe in you. Go. Do it. And do the work that it's going to take. And know that it's, there's no magic pill. There's no quick process. It's the work. The work is what makes you strong. The work is what builds you to be tough. You have to have it. It's the mental grind. It's the getting past your old beliefs, your old stories. It's learning that self-control. It's becoming your own little, like your own way of becoming a Navy SEAL is the way I think of it. But that, that honed in laser focus, self-discipline, keeping that promise to yourself, there's no better feeling in the world than that.
So that's how I am processing my food addiction. That's what I did. I hope that speaks to you in some way or helps you in some way. Um, in the next couple weeks and months, that's what I'll be focusing a lot on and it'll be adding to my program. So be looking forward to that where I can help you guys hopefully with nutrition and how to rewire your thoughts with that, the energy behind food, also cooking as a mom, um, and how to be a conscious parent about food and how we reward with food and the thoughts of our food that we're training with our kids. Um, and just all of that. So there'll be many, many more episodes about this stuff, but that's just where I'm at tonight. So bless you all. Hope you have the best day of your lives. Remember you can do anything you want. Have the best day ever. I love you. Bless you. Bye-bye.